Well, I want to take a moment to say hi to all of our campuses. Uh, for those of you at River Valley, we are one church in multiple locations. We have eight Minnesota locations. We have one in Spain, Ola, and we have one in Swaziland, Osani Banani, all right? And that is the way you say hello, by the way. All right, Osani Banani. And uh, they do watch, and so uh, it's great to have all of them tuning in. We are in uh, week three of a three-part series. This is our last symbol. And uh, before I go into it, I want to let you know that we're starting another series next week uh, called Sandal Summer. And uh, we're going to look at different stories in the Bible each week, independent of the other week, with different stories about sandals, feet, different things like that. And uh, it'll be a fun time. It is totally appropriate to wear sandals. And uh, it's going to be a fun series to do uh, starting next week. And today we're looking at our final symbol. I could have picked um, all sorts of symbols, but this is the one that popped out to me that inspired this entire series. This symbol is the Oran symbol. It's the symbol of people raising their hands and you'd see it all throughout the Bible. And um, when I was looking, or not throughout the Bible, throughout the historical times of, of the early church, um, when I was looking at the different symbols and looking through historical church and I saw this, it popped to me and I said, this is the symbol that I, I wanna preach on. I wanna talk about this because it's raising hands. And how many know in a church like ours, um, one of the biggest things that people say when they come to visit was like, wow, the, the hand raising, that, yeah. How many been there, you know? And, and you go to invite a friend to church and you're kind of like, do I tell them about the hand raising or not, all right? I, I'll tell you, don't tell them about the hand raising. I would just say this, I'd say, I'm inviting you to my church. We're very passionate. There's energetic worship. We love Jesus. There's a zeal for God. Don't go into the hand raising thing because as soon as you mention that, they're like, whoa, whoa, all right? Get them here and then we'll lock the door. No, I'm just kidding. All right, <laughs> just get them here. You're free to leave at any time. Just want to, you know, all right. Um, but it's one of those things. I remember the first time I was in a church that was like this where people were raising their hands and uh, the church is called Jesus People Church years ago. Um, we were a conservative church, and we went to visit this church, and they were raising their hands. The guy behind me was raising his hands. He's kind of getting the music, and he was hitting me on the head. And I was like, you know, that's a foul, dude. That's a foul, you know. He crossed the line. Um, we left there, and I thought that was really weird, but I thought, man, there was something there. There was something there that was real. It was sincere. It was a deeper form of worship than I had experienced. And inside, even though it was outside my comfort zone initially, I was attracted to it, and we got in the car, and I can remember our whole family saying, I was 11, I can remember our whole family saying, what do you think? And we're like, it was different, but we liked it. We were going back, and so we went back, and eventually uh, we joined that church. But we're going to look at this position, this Oron's position for prayer, for praise, for connecting with God. And the word Oron's means uh, one who prays or is pleading to plead or offer supplication. Okay, and I want to let you know that, uh, again, this, this position, just so you can see it, I'll put it up here on the screen. Uh, they, had, they found it in the catacombs. They found it all throughout early drawings. You'd see the person was hands up. And so it was a very common thing for them to have their hands up. There's another drawing. You'll see many of the drawings in the early church uh, had their hands up, and they, they were hands up. They even found the drawing in Egypt. They found uh, people raising their hand in Egypt um, on a global team. That was me. But anyways... Um, <laughs> I was by the pyramids and I was like, I am praising the name of Jesus right here. And I'm gonna thank God and, and lift up the name in Egypt. But uh, the Oran's position was all around and you would see it that they would raise their hands. And so I want you to get comfortable with this. I want you to see that it's very biblical. I want you to see that raising hands, even though a lot of churches don't necessarily do it, 
It's all throughout the Bible, and I hope to lift your comfort level. And then at the end of the service, we're going to have an application moment where we're going to do some praise and worship and uh, raise our hands to the Lord. In the Old Testament, there are stories of, of people raising their hands. I'm just pointing this out to you, that God was asking for your body to be involved in what he was doing. Okay, so in the Old Testament, we see Moses getting to the Red Sea with the children of Israel. He's trying to lead them out of Egypt. They come to the dead end of the Red Sea. God says, raise up your hands. When he raises up his hands, the waters part and they're able to walk through on dry land. In another instance, in Exodus 17, uh, the Israelites are battling with the Amalekites. And the Bible tells us that in Exodus 17, that whenever Moses lifted up his hands, they were winning the battle. Whenever he dropped them, they were losing. Exodus 17, 11, it says, as long as Moses held up his hands, the Israelites were winning. But whenever he lowered his hands, the Amalekites were winning. So they're thinking, how do we stop this? We don't want, he's getting fatigued. He's like you and I, he's, he's human. And so they actually set him down on a rock and have two people as the designated handholders holding up his hands so that they keep his hands up in the air so they keep winning the battle. Okay, so there's something going on. Um, Jeremiah commands people to lift their hands in Lamentations 2.19. Solomon, when dedicating the temple, lifts his hands to the Lord when he's dedicating the temple. So you got to understand that getting your body into this and having this be part of worship and part of what God is doing is used in the stories of God. But also raising your hands was part of prayer, part of worship, and raising of hands is, is connected to all sorts of different postures. Um, you can be upright and raise your hands. In 1 Kings 8.22, again, I talked about this. Then Solomon stood before the altar of the Lord in front of the whole assembly of Israel and spread out his hands toward heaven. That's what he did. He spread out his hands toward heaven. In 2 Chronicles 6.13, it says he stood on the platform and then he knelt down before the whole assembly of Israel and spread out his hands. So we have him standing, we have him kneeling, spreading out his hands to the Lord. It's what people would do. We have people that would worship the Lord with their hands raised and then fall prostrate. Those over 50, that just caught your attention. Prostrate, all right, prostrate. Just want to make sure. You're like, what did he say? All right, all right. In Nehemiah 8.6, it says, Then Ezra blessed the Lord, the great God, and all the people answered, Amen, Amen, while lifting up their hands. Then they bowed low and worshipped the Lord with their faces to the ground. So they were hands raised, face down. They were moving, and their body was involved in this. Psalms 28, and there's many, many, many psalms that talk about raising your hands, but Psalms 28.2 says, Hear my cry for mercy as I call for help, as I lift up my hands toward your most holy place. And so people would lift up their hands. And it's interesting that there's scripture after scripture, story after story of people uh, raising their hands. And I can't even read all the scriptures about it. And yet people will come into a church like ours and they'll be like, man, what's up with the hand raising thing here? You know, like that, I don't know. I mean, it's a little outside my comfort zone. Think about it. Nowhere in the Bible does it tell us to fold our hands when we pray. There's not a scripture and verse for that. And yet, we don't even think anything of it. You don't ever go like, whoa, whoa, why does your church fold their hands? You know, I mean, that's not even a Bible verse for that. We're just really comfortable with that. Fold your hands. You know, here's the church, here's the steeple, look inside. You know, we're all, we're good. It's all good. We don't have a scripture for that one, all right? But hand raising, we're like, oh no, oh no. It, when you look at the word of God, it's not oh no, it's oh yes. It's there. As a side note, uh, we're not talking about clapping of hands, but while we're on the hands issue here, um, 
Clapping is also very biblical. Sometimes people don't like that. People say, well, it felt like a concert or it felt like, you know, a show or I don't think we should clap in church and I don't think we should do that. Again, you'll see clapping all throughout the Bible. You'll see them clapping in victory. You'll see them clapping in the Lord's presence. You'll see them clapping to shout their praise. Um, Psalm 47, one, clap your hands, all you nations, shout to God with cries of joy. It's right there. Isaiah 55, 12, and the trees of the field will clap their hands. It's saying that nature is clapping their hands and there's something that's going on to say, God, we praise you. By the way, how many are old enough to remember that E minor song? And the trees of the fields will clap. How many remember that? Come on, you're old, right? (laughs) For those of you that don't know, we used to do a lot of songs in E minor and it was like, and the trees, and the people would do the little kick thing. And I'm like, It's a wonder our church grew. I'm just saying. (laughs) You're worried about hands raised. I had to be worried about the Israeli song set that weekend. Like, no, I brought a visitor. It's an E minor. No. You know what I'm talking about, all right? (laughs) But clapping hands is symbolic of victory. It's saying, I declare the victory. When you do that, you're saying, I am victorious in Jesus Christ. You are saying... When you clap to Jesus, when we do that, we are saying you have supreme dominion, supreme authority. You are greater than all. You are bigger than my problem. And I think right now it would be very appropriate to stand to your feet right now and let's give the Lord Jesus Christ a standing ovation of victory. Come on. He's bigger than your problem. He's bigger. He's bigger. He's supreme. He's victorious. We praise your name. We praise your name. Yes. Yes, Lord. Yes. There's victory in Jesus. There's victory. Yes. That's what I'm talking about. There's victory. Amen. Amen. Grab your seat. This is good. You guys are ready. Some of you ought to be coming to church almost like, and, and I don't want to start this tradition, but almost like inside you ought to be like, you know, where they're getting ready for the game. And it's like, like I'm, we're bringing some victory here. There's, there's victory. So when we're clapping, again, lots of scriptures on it. Can't read them all, but they are there. Now, there are different words for praise and worship, and we lump them all together in the Bible. We just lump them together. as might say, praise the Lord, worship the Lord, praise, worship. But there's different words, and, and, I'll, and I'll put them on the screen for you. They'll put them up there. Um, but these are biblical words, and I'm going to go through them very quick. There's seven different words that are used in the Bible that talk about praising and worshiping God. And just so you know, praise is celebratory. When we start our services out with the celebratory, faster songs, there's a reason for that. We are starting the service out with a time of a declaration of victory, that God is greater, that he's supreme. And let me tell you something, you come in with a lot of baggage, a lot of junk in your life, and you need to be here for the start of the worship service so that you're here for the first songs, because some of you are not living in victory, and then you come late for church, and you wonder why you're not getting all the way into the victory. We've already sung and started the victory. You need to get here early. 
You need to be here and, and be a part of that. Okay, so that's praise. And then we have worship, which is like bowing down in allegiance. And you, so you'll see we'll have this worship time, which will be slower. So you have praise, which is thanksgiving and declaring his victory. And then we have a worship, which is an, an intimate time, a, a bowing down. It's, many of our songs are like, here's my heart. Take me. I'm for you. And it's an allegiance moment. So you have praise and worship. These seven words, one of them, Again, they're not words we use, but they're words in the Hebrew. One is called yada. It means to throw out or to extend the hand in praise. That's what the word means. And it's in your Bible. And it might say praise. It might say praise the Lord. And what it really means is lift your hands to the Lord. And yet we sit there, oh, I don't know. Tada means uh, thanksgiving, to extend the hand. Shabak means to loudly commend or praise. Where did we get the idea that God wants church to be quiet? I don't know. I mean, we have halal. It means to praise. It's where we get the word hallelujah. We have tahila, a, a song of praise. And we have zimra, to sing in praise. So these are different words that are used in the Bible. But those first two, yada and tauda, uh, to throw out, to extend the hand. Thanksgiving, to extend the hand. They support the oron's position. It supports that we would raise our hands as a form of worship. I think we need to raise our comfort level with this. And it's not new. It's very biblical. In the New Testament, the Apostle Paul writes this in 1 Timothy 2.8. He says, Therefore, I want the men everywhere to pray, lifting up holy hands without anger or disputing. And he was contrasting. He's saying, don't use your hands for anger. Use your hands and lift them up before the Lord, clean before him, worshiping. But it, it must have been common in their day. It wasn't like they were like, could you clarify that? Could you write us another thing about what's with the lifting of the hands thing? It must have been very common that he could write that and tell them to do that. And when I see all these things about the words for worship, the, the stories that talk about throwing more of you into it, the, the examples of people praying with their hands raised, I just, I just believe that God wants us to put more of us into the worship of Jesus. I believe God wants us to put more of us in there, and that's perfectly acceptable. Body, soul, heart, words. And we're saying, Lord, here I am. I want to throw more of me into worshiping you. And if I could help you out in a, in a culture that's very Norwegian, you've got to think a little more Italian is what I'm saying, all right? All right, Italians, they can't, you know, talk without using their hands. <laughs> I mean, just, just contrast. Uh, Beck and I were in Italy, and uh, we were there, and we, we didn't know the rules of ordering coffee after lunch. You're not supposed to order coffee with milk. And so Becca's like, I'd like a latte, and we didn't speak Italian. And the guy's like, blah, blah, blah. and he's yelling at her, and we're thinking, uh, uh, a latte, a uh, mocha, latte. And uh, I mean, I'd ordered an espresso, and they're happy with me. They're yelling at my wife. I'm about ready to punch them. You know, I'm like, you know. And they're like, whatever. And he's grabbing his friends like, yeah, yeah. And they served her the latte. And I mean, I, I, but you have lattes before noon, just so you know. Milk before noon. Okay, that's the Italian. I was in Norway for their Independence Day. I mean, Independence Day. And they're like, it's good to be free. <laughs> so good. I'm like, when are the fireworks? They're like, oh, no, no, no fireworks. We're Norwegian. You know, I mean, I was like... Whatever. I mean, there's no music, no nothing. They're like, this is the happiest we've been. You know, I mean, <laughs> so less Norwegian, more Italian. You know what I'm saying? All right. And you say, well, that's not my culture. But let me just point this out again. Uh, throw a picture up of a concert. This is a picture of a concert. Nobody thinks that's weird. You're like at a concert and they're playing at the concert. Show a picture of a sporting event. Nobody thinks that's weird. Folks, that is weird. They're all dressed the same. All right. 
Okay, but we don't think anything of it. Hands raised, touchdown, field goal, whatever. We're all excited. You know, you're high-fiving people. Put up worship service. So that's weird when the hands are raised, but it's not. We put the Vikings back up, but that's not weird. Okay, let me talk to the men for just a minute. You say, well, you know, I'm not that emotional. It's cool if my wife raises her hands, but not me. Really? Really? I think we need to worship the Lord. Throw more of ourselves in there. I draw the line at face painting, though. No face painting. All right, no face painting. Which, by the way, not that it's a problem, but whenever you, you charge up the church, I just want to make sure. Like, we, I, I was in a church where uh, it was, we didn't have to worry about exuberant worship. I was a youth pastor, and it was exuberant. And uh, we had to, like, set a new rule. Like, it was a two-chair limit. Like, you could only move this far and this far because people were moving really far around the room. So they're like, stay within a two-chair limit. So let me establish that at River Valley. Two-chair limit. All right, you know, stay in that zone. All right, but... John Piper, uh, not known as a really demonstrative, uh, you know, energetic type person, but passionately in love with Jesus, said this about raising hands and talked about worship. He said, the fuel of worship is a true vision of the greatness of God. The fire that makes the fuel burn white hot is the quickening of the Holy Spirit. The furnace made alive and warm by the flame of truth is our renewed spirit. And the resulting heat of our affections is powerful worship pushing its way out in confessions, in longings, acclamations, tears, songs, shouts, bowed heads, lifted hands, and obedient lives. I love that. I'm telling you what, it's just when you're in love with Jesus and there's a fire and a passion, it pushes its way out. It just pushes its way out. It just says, I've got to come out. I'll cry. I'll shout. I'll raise my hands. And ultimately... It's not just an experience. You are going to live an obedient life. You're drawing closer to Jesus Christ. Now, I believe this when we raise our hands. I believe this, we're actually blessing God. You say, how do we bless God? We are actually expressing our love to him and our respect and our honor. In, in, in Psalm 63, 4, it says, thus I will bless you while I live. I will lift up my hands in your name. And it's as if you're saying, God, I bless you. My praise goes to you. You are worthy. You are above all. And you're actually blessing God and giving him honor when you do that. I believe you're in a receiving mode. Sometimes when people raise their hands, it's not always like this. Sometimes people do it like this. And you're in a receiving mode. And you say, God, I receive all that you have for me. God, I plead with you. I beg of you. I need this. Lord, I draw closer to you. I believe there's a surrender when we raise our hand. It's like the universal sign for surrender. God, I surrender. I surrender. You have me. You have my issues. You have my life. I surrender to you. You know? Um, I believe we're drawing closer when we raise our hands. I think about children. You don't have to tell them to raise your hands to your parents so you can be picked up. Immediately when, when I'd come home from work and Connor and Logan would be there, they'd run over, hands up, hands up, dad, pick me up. I want to be by your face, not by your feet. And they'd grab your face and they'd want to be, they'd want to be right here. And I believe you need to get that picture, hands up. Lord Jesus, I want to be by your face. I want to be close to you. And there's a drawing near. And some people say, well, I don't want to show off and, you know, as, you know draw attention. Uh, really, honestly, people are not looking at you raising your hands. They're really not. 
I'm going to tell you that. They're not. You, you are conscientious of it. I know the first time I raised my hands, I was like, okay, I'm going to do it. I was at that church I was talking about where the guy hit me on the head. And I was like, okay, it's the time. Go, go, go. I mean, it was like, all I could do is get to about right here, which comedian Tim Hawkins says, there's a name for every praise position. He said, this is like, carry the TV, carry the TV. That's about as far as I got right there. He said, there's another worship spot. I caught a fish this big, this big. Yeah. Washing the windows, washing the windows. Yeah. I just remember that, but they're not looking at you. They're not looking at you. You're, you're aware of it. You're like, oh, I'm gonna do this. But this is between you and God to throw more of you into how you wanna worship God. And I just wanna ask you to just ask the Lord today, like, what's the next thing for me to do to draw closer to you? What's the next thing for me to do to draw closer to you? Some of you, it's gonna to be to raise your hands for the very first time. Even in worship today, you know, uh, Pastor Ryan, he was like, hey, raise your hands. And you're like, oh, no. No, I don't like it when people tell me what to do. You know, I'm not going to do that. You know, don't have that attitude. He's trying to get you into the presence of God. And if you can go along with it and you feel comfortable, go with it. Um, but what's the next step for you to draw closer to God? Um, and please hear me. We're not, we're not forcing anybody to do this. We're not forcing anybody. Seriously, nobody went up to you before like, hey, hey, hands up, hands up. Everybody, hands up. Come on, hands up. You know, you know nobody does that. There's no hands police here, you know. All right. But we believe that it's biblical. It's there for us. And it's a way of connecting deeper with God. And I do think that sometimes there's, a, there's a, a, just a hesitancy of, I, I, it might get too intimate. It might get too close. Man, I want to be by God's face. I want to be by God's face. I want to get as close to him as I can. And for me, that's a way to block other things out and connect in on with God. And um, I want you to try praising and worshiping God at home in, in different postures, Okay. Um, so this is your homework for you. So in just a moment, we're going to have worship and the worship team will come out. And we're going to sing and uh, we're going to worship the Lord and we're going to, people will be raising their hands. Um, but I'm going to give you a few postures for at home. Um, I think it'd be very appropriate for you at home to kneel this week before the Lord. Many of you have a favorite chair that you sit in and you do your devotion time. I think it'd be very appropriate to leave the chair and go ahead and get down on your knees and say, God, I worship you. Okay, I think it'd be very appropriate. I think you could lay prostrate on the floor before the Lord and just you and Jesus, you and your, in your time worshiping God, and you could say, Lord, in this posture, I lay before you and I want you to speak to me. I'm telling you, it's very humbling. It's very humbling. Most of us never do these positions and these postures. We never do that. I want you to pray with your head up. I want you to pray with your head down. I want you to pray with your eyes open, with your eyes closed. I want you to see these different postures and see how God can speak to you a little bit. Even perhaps pray with your hands out and praise with your hands out like this in a, in a form of receiving. Maybe uh, out to the side and then a position in blessing and saying, God, I bless you. Just see how these different postures can all of a sudden open up another uh, area and dimension of your worship with God. And as we get ready to close, um, each posture has its own uniqueness to connecting to God. I believe that. Each posture does. It has its own uniqueness to connecting with God. But again, no pressure, no judging. But we're going to, in just a moment, raise our hands and worship the Lord for just a short moment. 
and then we'll wrap up service. But I believe for some of you, this is a stretch moment where you're saying, God, I see that it's biblical, I see that it's real, and I want in on this. I want to read two last scriptures, and while I read them, could you stand to your feet, please, all across this place, and let's get ready to worship. Psalm 134, verses 1 and 2 says, Praise the Lord, all you servants of the Lord who minister by night in the house of the Lord. Lift up your hands in the sanctuary and praise the Lord. It's very biblical. And the last one, Psalm 63, 4, I will praise you as long as I live, and in your name I will lift up my hands. It's biblical. We're going to do that. And so I want to pray right now that God will help us to put more of us into worshiping him. So Lord Jesus, we thank you that we can put more of us into worshiping you, more of us into praising your name, more of us into saying, Lord, here we are. We bless you. We need you. We praise you. We thank you. And we thank you, God, that we can put more of us into worshiping you. Help us to step out and to do that. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Amen.